Hello, family, and welcome to Kingwood Methodist. In John 4.23, Jesus states that a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in the Spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. As we gather at church and open God's Word, we are not just coming together for the sake of gathering, but also to learn the truth of God and how we can grow to love God with our whole heart, mind, soul, and strength. As we continually surrender our lives to the Word of God by the power of the Holy Spirit, we become the type of worshipers our Heavenly Father seeks. Let's dive in together. Good morning, everyone. Kids, you may go to Children's Church. I didn't forget it. Good morning, everyone. My name is Ana Paula Martinez, and I am the leader of our Illuminate Middle School ministry. Um, just a little bit about me. I was born and raised in Monterrey, Mexico, as you can tell by my accent and mispronunciations of words that will most likely happen this morning. Um, I had a little bit of practice, and after my first trial in the 9.30 service, I went to Miss Kimberly Watson, and I said, Give it to me. Tell me what words I mispronunciated. She was like, oh, I think you were good. So, okay, we'll see how it goes this time. <laughs> so, uh, I moved here when I was 15 years old. And at 16, I met the Lord in this church over in the Spanish ministry. That's where I began. And I was a 16-year-old high schooler who didn't know anything about the Lord. But I continued to grow, get plugged in into this church. Um, the harvest was a huge part of my growth. Um, and I just continue to grow and get connected to this church and this community that became a family to me. And that's something that I just love about this church. It has a very special way of connecting you that you just feel like a cozy home and that you can come here and just hang out with your family. And that's what this church is to me, where even my boss, Blake DeLacer, he's my um, goddaughter, my, my goddaughter, my daughter's godfather. <laughs> There's one. <laughs> um, and I'm happily married to Felipe. He's right here. Um, and together we have our daughter, Camila. She's one year old. And by now she's running and talking in her own language. I don't know if it's Spanish or English or mixed, but you know, she's trying and she's just beautiful. And um, I have been able to see the goodness of the Lord through her for sure. Um, so I have been in this ministry role for almost three years in the middle school ministry. And as challenging as working with middle schoolers can be with their really short attention span, parents, I think you can agree. Um, I love it and I wouldn't trade it for anything. It has taught me so much about them, about the Lord, about myself, and I have seen how this generation of youth has an incredible amount of leadership anointing, how they can go out into the world and just impact people's lives like they have impacted mine, and they can make a difference in their schools and everywhere they go with the help of the Lord. Um, they have a passion for the Lord, and I just believe that with the right tools and the right guidance, um, they can just continue to grow and really make a change. But I have also seen, and I think you guys can agree with this as well, that the enemy has been pulling all of his resources that he can, that he has, to, at to attack them, to distract them, to pull them away from the Lord. We've seen how the enemy has infiltrated the schools, infiltrated the families, how he has brought guilt and shame into the hearts and life of our students, and even to us adults as well. How the enemy drives their attentions away from the world and puts it into early things that are just temporary, that have no worth. We've seen all of it. We've seen how the enemy tries so hard to bring division, to separate us away from God. 
and to make us believe that we have such a distant God that he doesn't care, that he's up in the heavens and he's looking down on us, when in reality we have a relational God who continues and desires to be in intimacy and relationship with you all. So this morning, we will hear the words that Paul so eagerly shared with the church of Corinth. So if you have your Bibles, please open to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And Eli will come up here and read our scripture with us this morning. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world in Christ, not counting people's sins against them, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sent for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Thank you. Everyone give it up for Eli. Thank you, Eli. (laughs) I love your socks this morning, Eli. So as Paul addressed the people of Corinth back then, um, there were people who were giving into their sinful desires, right? People who were following their impulses. um, And there were people that were divided among each other and and there was division in the church, which if you think about it, kind of sounds a lot like us, doesn't it? So this translates over to you, to your family, to your community, and to us here at the church. It wasn't just for the people of Corinth back then, but it is for all of us. And think about it, if Paul was alive now, he probably would have written more than two letters for us. Probably he will have a whole book of correction and, you know, tools and guides to help us grow and get get it right, get it together, right? So the scripture says that we have been reconciled to the Lord, and it was because of Jesus' death. But it also says that we now have the ministry of reconciliation. And we've read the scripture before, but have we ever stopped and think, what does that even mean? Do I have the ministry of reconciliation? Is that, is that really for me? What am I supposed to do with that? So first, let's look at what reconciliation means. So I actually Googled it and I was like, okay, Google, what do you have for me? So here are some of the stuff that I found. Is the restoration of friendly relations is a situation in which two people or groups of people become friendly again after they have argued. To be at peace again, reconciliation is about healing a relationship after a wrong or a hurt that has been done, to call back into union and friendship, to bring back to a former state of harmony. Reconciliation is God's gift for the world. Even Google knows it. I was like, oh, gonna take that one. Google knows it, it is God's gift to the world. So let's remember, that before sin entered the world, back in Genesis, in the Garden of Eden, men and women were reconciled to God, right? There was no separation between them. They were together with one another in perfect harmony, perfect unity, just like the Lord intended it to be. Wouldn't that be beautiful if we were back there in the Garden of Eden, reconciled with the Lord? And I love the scripture in Genesis that before, when Adam and, uh, Adam and Eve sinned, Um, you know, they realized they're naked and they were trying to hide. And it says, they heard the Lord walking in the garden, so they hid. They were physically walking with the Lord. And I was like, I would love to be at home and just listen to footsteps in the door and be like, that's the Lord. He just got home, right? I would love to, to, to be there. And that's the way that the Lord made it for us to be with him in perfect unity. 
But Satan and sin took care of creating that division and separate us from the Lord. So now sin stands in between us, right? So sometimes it feels like God is so far away because there is that separation. But we know, and like 2 Corinthians says, Christ has come to unite us back to, to God. That Christ is the only one that can bring human beings back to their creator, to be reconciled with them. So, like we see in 2 Corinthians, um, I lost my place, I'm sorry. Second <laughs> uh, Corinthians says that uh, we have the ministry of reconciliation, right? But we don't fully know what that means. And it says that Christ has committed to us that message. And think about that word committed. It's someone that you're committed to do that you have to do now, right? So that means that we, you guys, we help non-believers be reconciled to God and believers to be reconciled with one another, right? Not by serving as mediators when two people are fighting or if your kids are fighting at home, you don't have to stand between them and be like, wait, 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 wait. What happened here? Let's hash it out and be friends again. That is not a role. But we have to be a ministry of reconciliation, ministers of reconciliation by letting our lives be an example of Jesus' grace and Jesus' love. That when people see you, they will see the goodness of the Lord. That they can see how your life is pure worship to him. Right? That your words and your actions will reflect his light and reflect the sacrifice that he did for all of us. And 2 Corinthians says that uh, in Christ we're a new creation. That means that therefore you have been empowered by the Holy Spirit. But the scripture also says that we are ambassadors of Christ. So what does ambassador mean? And I have a study Bible. And my Bible says that ambassador is a representative. It's a messenger. Someone who does not speak in his own name or act in his own authority. Someone, con someone who never communicates his own opinion or demands. Rather, he delivers the message in which he has been entrusted. And that message that we have been entrusted with is the gospel. And we know and we have it in our hands. Let it be on your phone or you have your actual Bible. That's the message that you have been entrusted with. The foundation of reconciliation is love. And out of love is why Jesus died on that cross. Out of love for you. And let's be honest, loving can be pretty hard. I'm pretty sure we can think of some people that is like, oh, I just can't love that person. That person gets in my nerves. Yes, it is hard, but that is the foundation. And the labor of love can be hard. And it takes one person to forgive, but it takes two to reconcile. And let's remember that if we, as we do this, we're not doing it alone, but we're being empowered by the Holy Spirit who does it through us. And to move people towards our relationship with Christ and to be reconciled can seem a daunting task. It seems hard to be an ambassador of Christ in this culture where um, it exalts idolatry, in a culture where God's image and God's truth has been twisted and that in many ways, this world makes God just look like the bad guy, right? And he makes us just shy away of our calling, shy away of our voice, and we choose to stay quiet and we choose not to say anything not to pray in front of people because it might be embarrassing, we might even think like. But that is what we are called to do. We help these non-believers be reconciled to the Lord. So let me ask you this. How are you to bring reconciliation to the world? How are you to bring, bring reconciliation and be an ambassador of Christ at school? For you, middle school and high school kids, how are you gonna do that at high school? How are you parents gonna bring reconciliation at your workplace, at the coffee shop you go to? at the restaurant you go to after service, because I'm pretty sure we're all hungry. 
How are we gonna bring reconciliation? How are we gonna be ambassadors of Christ when we go and sit and our waitress comes? How are, gonna, how are we gonna bring reconciliation at home with our own parents, with our own kids? Next, I would like to invite two beautiful young women to the stage, Miss Kimberly Watson and Sarah Smith. I met Sarah when she was in sixth grade, and now she's a beautiful high schooler at KHS. She's a freshman, right? Yes, so um, Sarah has one of the most sweetest and kindest heart I've seen. She feels for the people, she feels for the Lord, and her heart is just with the broken and the ones that need the Lord. Um, and we have Miss Kimberly here. She's one of our strongest volunteers, and I'm proud to say she has become a very close friend of mine um, that I love going to lunch with and talk about life and Jesus. Um, but she's one of our strongest volunteers. She serves with us in the youth. She leads Bible studies, serves as host homes. Um, she's also our FLIP director, which you guys save the day. FLIP is July 18th to the 21st. So put it in your calendars and bring your kiddos and volunteer because it's so much fun. So she also leads Bible study here at the church and serves in the vine. So I'm just very proud that they're here um, this morning and very thankful for them. And I have seen them be uh, ambassadors of Christ in their day to day. And the fact that they're standing here does not mean that they're perfect because they're not. They can agree, right? <laughs> they're just as broken and imperfect as all of us are. But they love the Lord, which is something that we all here have in common. So Sarah, I'll begin with you. I would like to ask you, how do you as a high schooler in Kingwood High School, um, what is challenging for you being at that school where not everyone has been reconciled to the Lord? Well, first of all, oh, there we go. Hello, okay, there we go. <laughs> um, first of all, I'm very privileged to go to a school where there is community of a lot of Christian kids that um, desire to be ambassadors for Christ. So there is a, a good amount of us that are in the Ministry of Reconciliation, but um, there is also a very large amount of kids that um, you realize aren't in that same ministry and aren't in that same place of mind. Um, and I'd have to say the biggest challenge of being an ambassador for Christ is definitely you worry about what people are thinking about you. You want to do what's best, and you want to portray God in everything that you do, but say you're going to, you know, you want to pray out loud, but there's always this person that you think is going to judge you and create some rumor about you just because of what you did. There's always that fear of how people are going to react and how they are going to um, make you feel bad. <laughs> um, <laughs> but there's also another part of this that I feel like, for me at least, my other worry is not only will they possibly judge me, will they ask me why I'm doing this? And then I have to respond with a godly message and um, with what he wants to uh, give them using me. And so I try my best to um, just let God speak through me and I open my heart to whatever I may need to say. But, um, and it's happened before, like I've prayed in front of people, and I've been asked by a kid, why, what makes you so faithful? Like, how, um, you know, how, what is it that makes you a believer? And I think the best thing you can possibly start off with is why aren't you a believer? Get where they are on what is 
that obstacle in their life that is blocking them from having a full life in Christ, a full trust in Him, and then use that information and approach it in the way that's most fitting. So, um, like, say they think maybe church is just more like a chore. It's very, like, it's just a forced thing you have to do every Sunday, and it's not um, fun for you or whatever. But honestly, I would just tell them, maybe you haven't found the right form of church for you. Like, for me, it's music. God speaks through music so much to me. And if I didn't have it, I would understand how it's hard to fully connect to him. And... um, So I think that form of praise can be found in each person. And when you do find that, you can devote your life to Christ. And But yeah, I think just letting God speak through you is definitely um, the best thing you can do. But it is hard facing, you know, having those confrontations and um, encounters with people that aren't believers. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. And Miss Kimberly, as a wonderful wife and mother of four crazy boys who wear crazy socks every day. Um, what advice will you give to maybe those of us who are just realizing our role, uh, our role as ambassadors of Christ? Um, one of the things that I've been thinking a lot about lately is um, like my time in the Word and how I often go into prayer and into the Word thinking about well, what, what is God wanting me to do? What, what am I supposed to be doing for him? And I've come to think of that as more of an, an egocentric look at the Bible. What, is, what am I getting out of this? What does God want me to do? And really, the word is God's story. And so I've tried to actually, through a conversation that we had at lunch one day, figure out, well, maybe because the Bible is really the story of God and his love for us, how do I know God better in every situation? So when I open my Bible and when I pray and if I'm going to lunch or if I'm um, just having a conversation with somebody, I've started to kind of shift that thinking into what is, how can I know God better in this situation or in this moment? And that has really shifted a lot of things for me in being that ambassador because if I know God so well and he already knows me, then I can more easily understand what he wants me to do. Just like in your household, you know, you know the people in your home well enough that sometimes you can preemptively figure out what they need or what they need you to go and do. And so if I know God so well, which I'm more still working on, <laughs> but then I don't, I don't think I'll have to continuously ask, well, what, what do I need? What, what are you teaching me? It'll just become a part of me and who, who I am in him, as opposed to uh, pulling out little things here and there. It's, the, it's that grace that he gives us to, and the, the Holy Spirit and how he moves in us to understand who he is. Mm. Amen. Can you give us an example of how you've been an ambassador of Christ, either at home or here in the community? Well, um, yes, because, <laughs> I mean, just being here right now, um, and I, I say that just, it's, it's kind of cliche almost to say that just going out into the world and serving God and doing what God is asking. But if you, under, if you know a little bit about me, I am an introvert. I am totally happy and comfortable just being at home alone. And if I didn't have to go out and do things, I probably wouldn't. I mean, I have my books. I have 
my exercise, I have everything that I can just do at home. Um, But that's not honoring God. That's not honoring what God has done for me in my life. And so every time I come out, if I am at the welcome desk or in Bible study or I shake your hand or I give you a hug, um, it may sound weird to say, but those are almost kind of learned behaviors for me. I know they come much more naturally to other people. But engaging with people, with God's children, um, that is honoring what he has done in my life, in my heart, um, to then go out and, and love people. Because like you said, it's not always easy, but yeah, he does call us to that. Yeah. Can you, Sarah, give us an example of how you've been an ambassador of Christ? Yes, so I'm gonna talk about Awaken 2023, last year. Awaken is next weekend. Today's the last day to sign up. <laughs> it's really fun, I promise. Um, we so, didn't tell her to say these guys, okay? From her own heart. Um, so last year, well, Awaken and all the retreats are always very special to me because they're almost like a refresher throughout the year that you kind of need. You need to focus on God, get away from the world. But um, last year was really, really special because it was, it, a lot of things happened. God moved in many ways. And um, the first way I'm going to talk about, so um, our grade in our little girls like group um, was divided into two groups, like two friend groups. And they were all there for the same reason, to have fun and get to know God. But I knew deep inside that we would be so much stronger together. And it was hard because I could tell other kids in the group wanted to be together, but they didn't know how to approach it. Um, And so I kind of was praying to God throughout the weekend, like help us have ideas to get to know each other more, help us unite. And um, on the prayer walk on Saturday night, prayer walk is always like my favorite part of the whole retreat. It's very God focused. People are in tears. Um, (laughs) It's it's very peaceful. And um, I saw one of the girls from the other group that I wasn't in, she was having a moment and she was in tears and praying. And I just felt God walk me over to her and um, I just knew it was the right thing to do because it was a step forward from what, where we were at. And um, I just felt the need to put my arms around her and I just sat there almost like holding her. And um, when she finished praying, I prayed over her because I felt like that was the thing I needed to do. Um, And just from that moment, it started this whole flourishing friendship. And I have known this girl since like kindergarten, but we had never been in the same friend group. I I knew about her from the outside, but I had no idea what was on the inside. I had no idea how um, amazing she was and how sweet she really was. And um, when I started the that move, it just was amazing. You saw something so beautiful grow, and it was all just through God, because we had a relationship through God. We were sisters in Christ, and now I could tell you a lot about her just from that night, because after we prayed, we talked for like two hours, (laughs) and we were in that, uh, we were in the loft. We were like one of the last people, last groups in the loft, and um, I would never take back anything from that night because then after that, you know, we were able to text each other more comfortably. We were able to talk to each other and two people from totally different backgrounds were able to make a friendship. And it wasn't that we were in the same friend group. It wasn't that we were in the same hobbies. It was that we had a relationship through Christ and we we were in that together. 
And so that started, that bridged our um, relationships with our friend groups. And then that night, I was with um, my group, and I felt that maybe we could do something with the whole group and not just, you know, me and her and not individual people. So I talked with my group leader, and me and her decided to um, do a little activity to help get the group together. And so um, what we did was we placed one person from each group in between the, another person from another group. So it was all like not one side of the room and the other side of the room, like it was before. And um, we decided to pray for the person on our left. So no matter where, where we were coming from, we would ask them, what do you need to be, like what do you need to, uh, for us to pray over you for? And we prayed about it. And this bridge between every single one of us was like crossed and it was done. And it was beautiful. Like that whole rest of the retreat, all of us were just like smiling because we knew so much about each other and we knew nothing but at the beginning of the retreat. And just from praying over each other, it was like God filled the room more than I've ever seen. He made so many moves throughout everyone. And it was just an amazing experience. Yeah. It's like you guys were brought back to that place of union and harmony like the Lord had created you guys to be. Thank you. So, friends, please help me celebrate this incredible woman. Thank you. So I know that standing here can be pretty hard, so I want to honor them and honor um, our youth band that's still here and saying, um, I just felt the Lord telling me when we were worshiping that it can be nerve-wracking and we always want to come up here and do things with perfection but we are not going to do that because we're not perfect people, only God, right? And so I just felt the Lord say, more than your service and your perfection of work, I want your heart, right? He wants the students' hearts and he wants your heart to be close to him and united with him and reconciled. So this message that we've heard this morning, the words from the Lord and the words that Kimberly and Sarah has shared with us, um, this message is for all of us, no exception. It is for those of you who might think you're too young or too old for this, for you who might think, I don't have that gift of reconciliation, that's not me. It is for you. It is for you who you've been in this church for 30 years or three months. It is for those of you siblings who maybe y'all fought on the way here or who have been fighting for weeks and haven't talked to each other. It is for you whose heart has been hurt by someone or for you whose family has been divided for years and you haven't talked to a person in your family. It is for you. That message is for all of us. So friends, raise your hand if you are in Christ, right? Then all of you who raised your hand, you are a minister of reconciliation. You are an ambassador of Christ. Doesn't matter if you're in the children's ministry, or doesn't matter if you're a parent or a grandfather or grandmother, you are a minister and an ambassador of Christ. So this gift that we have been entrusted with, that we are empowered by the Holy Spirit, is not to be put on a shelf and you go grab it when you feel like you need to be reconciled with someone. It is for you to use it daily. It is a part of you. It is something that now the Lord is doing through you, not through your own efforts or through your own gift, but through the Holy Spirit. So friends, as we get ready to leave this place, please remember that you have been entrusted that the Lord is trusting you to bring this message of reconciliation out to the world and not to be kept within yourself. 
that you are empowered, and I cannot stress that enough. Sometimes we think we're not capable, and we are not on our own, but you are empowered by the Holy Spirit to go out and do so. This message is for you. Will you please go into a posture of prayer with me? Heavenly Father, we just bring you our praise. We bring you our worry and our troubles. Lord, we bring you our doubts, and we ask forgiveness for those doubts and for those times where we didn't feel capable of doing such a thing, of being ministers of reconciliation and ambassadors, that maybe we just shied away from it and chose not to say anything, Lord. But God, I pray that you will remind us and you will make us feel empowered by your spirit to go out into the world and do this. And that as we are ambassadors and ministers, Lord, that we will feel the joy of the Lord in our hearts. That this, Lord, will come out so naturally like breathing is. And that, Lord, we will do this with thankful hearts. Lord, this morning, may you bring us back into reconciliation with you. And just allow us to worship you with open hearts, open minds. And may you bring transformation into our lives and the lives of our families. In God's precious and holy name, we all pray. Amen. Amen.